Uh, Bob Jones is uh, my spiritual papa, like he is with so many others, uh, Randy, Paul, Keith, and Ricky, and others. And uh, not only did Bob come back in 75 for a billion youth, but he came back to raise up uh, a prophetic generation, prophets to invest in and minister and raise up and, and come alongside and bring understanding. And uh, Bob is my papa. And uh, I'm so glad he's here tonight. So, Bob Jones, why don't you come on up? And uh, could we get someone to move this, please? Got it. All right. Let's welcome Bob Jones and Paul Keith Davis. Thank you. Well, Ricky, you didn't get all of it, but you got most of it. Uh, recently I've been asking the Lord. I'm hearing so many judgment prophecies against America. And always before, He's told me when these things are going to happen. And I was wondering... If my ears had got dull. So finally, I heard him say, A judgment against America is not determined yet. The church determines it. And if the church gets behind Israel, there'll be mercy. And if the church gets and keeps supporting the poor like they do, and America has a heart for the poor. These two things will keep major judgments from happening. It won't keep the shaking from happening. The shaking's already started. But a year ago, February, the shaking started here to bring this purpose into being. One of the things that I've been challenging, and Ricky's already challenged you, all of you that's over 50 years old, raise your hand. You're the Joshua generation. And most of you have got your eyes on retirement and dying. Instead of refiring, rehiring, and begin to show the next generation how to not make the mistakes you made. You've got a, a knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. The experience that you've got is pain and failure. You've got enough of that to where the next generation and the youth are going to come without numbers. They're going to come. But if there's not some wise mothers and fathers behind them, it'll take them as long as it took you to overcome but with some wise fathers and mothers over 50. They can show the way across Jordan. They can get behind them, advise them, oversee them, finance them, just don't get in front of them. But with that, they won't fragmate, fragmentate, but they'll go on. 
So, there's coming, the closer you come to the Lord, the longer you live. So, if you're 85, you get a vision of 115 or 120. For the closer you get, the longer you're going to live. Uh, another thing I wanted to share is Keith and I, we've brought a lot of things through the years. Uh, Keith's had this on his web for quite a while about the Basilisk. It's three weeks of the straits, either through July and August. This year it was the 12th of July to the 3rd of August. The words we were bringing for months is be praying for Israel, especially starting at the 12th, and really on the 3rd because the war will start on the 12th and it will begin to de-escalate uh, on the 3rd of August, which 17th of Tazmud to the 9th of Av. This is exactly what it did. And I believe that Satan's intent in these three weeks of the straits was to start the Third World War. I believe the church stopped it, Keith. For you were absolutely praying. Well, if the Third World War would have started, all hell would have broke loose in the United States too. So we need to continue to pray for the one new man, which is the church in Israel. Now, on July the 6th, in Dallas-Fort Worth, Keith and I brought a word that in, of uh, July the 6th of 99 that the Lord had a choice who the president would be. It was a burning bush. And that this man would not turn against Israel, but there'd be a foot of troubled water the whole eight years of his administration. And that's been about right. But he was the Lord's choice. He was a beginning. And three things that he would do he would speak out about bringing prayer back into school. He would define marriages. And he would support three Supreme Court judges if a church got behind him. And that the church is the one that determined whether he be elected or not. Uh, I brought those words in Panama City, Florida. I said that it would be equal across the board. And the church would determine it. There were three churches in Panama City, Florida that actually determined it. One was a black church and there were two white. He won the election the first time with 341 votes in the Panhandle of Florida. Now, it didn't look like these things was going to happen much until about a, less than a year ago. Two Supreme Court judges have been appointed now. There's a man that I totally trust, that most of you know, has told me that a third Supreme Court justice has resigned, and Bush is holding back the resignation until he has the opportunity to bring in the right man. But we need to begin to do war for that now, right now. 
It's so hard to activate the church before something happens. In 2001, there's at least four times that I asked the church to pray about the buildings that were already bombed once in New York City, the Twin Towers. But most of them didn't get a hold of it. And two years before that, I even brought the date. Asked them to mark the calendar, September the 11th. Now I'm telling you, your children's children's children, and this nation depends... We're in a key time, a key portal of time. And it's not in the next presidential election, it's in the next three months. On this November the 7th. And the church should really get active because there's not many people that are going to get up and vote on this thing. If a church votes, you can vote in the conservatives. We're at the point now that that third Supreme Court justice, there's going to be a case come up before them shortly concerning South Dakota. South Dakota has made a rule that we'll have no abortion clinics in South Dakota. Well, the liberals are going to take it on up, on up until they try to get it overthrown. If this third Supreme Court justice is in when they do, then that's the first domino that will fall. They begin to end abortion. We're in a key time. The rest of the word is this, and you should be praying over this too. The word was, if the church gets up, the Lord will be preparing a second man or a second person, I don't think it was a man, I said, but a person, for the next presidency, another eight years, they would lead this nation back from darkness to light. And this righteous man would begin to bring righteousness back in here. And if you remember right, a year and a half ago when I preached the cross here, it's about justice, which is morals, and righteousness, which is spirituality. And this is what this man would break back in. Well, the Lord has been preparing a man. And we need to begin to pray for the next president right now. For the, how this nation goes is not determined by the devil, nor politics. It's determined by the church. The church is what determines it. You determine it. Anything you want to add to this? Um, Everything that Bob has been sharing so far has to do with a certain attribute of the Lord's nature that is about to be revealed today. And and the reason that so much of the um, prophetic community seems divided in this area where one camp is prophesying judgment while the other camp is prophesying blessings. And you might think, well, how can both be true? And and the fact of the matter is, both are true. There is judgment coming, but there is also blessing coming. Because the Lord is coming in this next move as the overcoming king to execute justice. And if you understand justice, there are two arms to the scales of justice. 
There is one arm that receives a blessing. A verdict is rendered on behalf of one party at the expense of another party. You know, he's coming to, to reward the righteous and bring judgment on unrighteousness. So that has, you know, everything Bob's talked about so far from the realm of the fact that some are prophesying judgment while others are blessing, all has to do with this whole realm of justice in the Lord's revelation. We're praying, you know, you might think, well, why, what does it have to do with us here, the fact that, you know, there's a Supreme Court judge nominee because it's in the realm of justice. It's in the realm of, of this spiritual dynamic that is being reconciled because the church was asleep at the wheel over several decades and we, yeah. seemingly we woke up one day and all of a sudden we were griping about the fact that we have all these unrighteous judges making unrighteous decisions yeah. and we're having to live with it when in fact the enemy foresaw something that we didn't. He realized right. that it wasn't the political arena, but it was the ju- judicial arena. Yeah. They had the real power to sway the direction and the morality of a nation. And so there is a reconciliation that's taking place today. And also this whole thing about basilisks. Bob just barely skimmed the surface. But that's actually in the Bible. There is a season of time that's in the book of Zechariah where it talks about the fasts of certain days. And historically, going all the way back to the days of Moses, there has been a season of time that has lasted 21 days where the enemy seemingly prevailed. On our website, we list dozens of events historically that have taken place all the way from the, you know, Titus coming into Jerusalem in 70 A.D. after the prophecy of the Lord Jesus where he ransacked Jerusalem for 21 days and on the ninth of Av, he burned down the temple. That was the most pronounced season of time. Moses threw down the, the Ten Commandments and broke them on, on this, in this time frame. The, the Jewish people were expelled from Spain by the hundreds of thousands during this time frame. There's all kinds of things that have taken place. And here's, here's why that's important. Because there has been seasons where the enemy has seemingly prevailed. But the Lord, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that is paramount for this whole principle that Bob's talking about right now. And the scripture is this. If the enemy had understood the mystery of God, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, there's a mystery at work. You know, why would the Lord lift his hand and allow 57 million of his own children to be butchered at the hands of paganism? Why did he allow that? Because he knew that at the end of the age, there would be a season of time when he would manifest himself on the earth and he would reveal himself as the just judge. And he will slam his gavel down and he's going to render a verdict in favor of the saints and all of the injustice that has been done over centuries will be reconciled in a single generation balancing the scales and here we are living in the very day that we'll see that happen. Now you know, many people raise their hands that are 50 or above. You know, I can think back, I'm almost 50, I'm 49. I am too. I'm just nearly there. Bob's almost 50. Now, you know, the enemy has messed with me over my life. You know, and I'm pretty anxious for the Lord to come as the just judge. Yes. I'm ready for some things to be reconciled in my own life, right? Aren't you? Yes. Just think about that. Now, you know, and so here's, this is the whole thing. And, And as we pray for a Supreme Court judge, it's almost as if the Lord is saying, if you'll take care of that for me, I'll take care of this for you. You understand? 
there's, there's a dynamic. And we're here in Nashville trying to open a portal. You, you have needs in your life, and, and you're wondering, you know, let Washington take care of itself. I've got some personal needs. Well, it's almost as if, if we take care of these kingdom matters, because this affects the whole spiritual dynamic. Yes. then it releases something geographically and individually that changes us forever. So what he's sharing has everything to do with this meeting. It has everything to do with you because I'm anxious for the Lord to come. As we begin to agree with heaven to bring the Lord down, He's not going to come as a lamb this time. No, He's going to come with an entirely different you know, aspect of His character and nature that we've never seen before. He's never come to the earth as the judge. Can you imagine what that's going to look like? Revelations chapter 1 has a picture of it. And we're beginning to see this image of the Lord coming with feet like burnished bronze and hair like wool and, and fire eyes like flames of fire. If you've ever seen flaming eyes of fire, you will be changed forever. Believe me. And that's how the Lord is coming. So I, I, I didn't want you to disengage because this is crucial for where we are now. And it's a strategy of heaven. And one of the things you and I need to understand from now on if the enemy had understood the mystery of God, he would not have messed with you. Amen. That's, every time he tried to destroy Joseph, he only drove Joseph one step closer to his destiny. Amen. And we need, we need to genuinely understand that. A year ago, from this last June, the Lord spoke to me and said, Get off the mountain. Tell the people to get off the mountain. And I asked the Lord, what mountain? He said, Kadesh Bardia. So I uh, began to pray about that. Church, been going around the mountain for 38 years. So I believe it was Ann Bell gave me a piece of paper that said, Jerusalem had been a united city for 38 years. Jerusalem is God's time clock, not Israel. And Israel had gone around at Kadesh Bardia, going around circles for 38 years. When Samuel said to Saul, now your kingdom is rent from you. There was seven years before David was born, and 38 years until he was finished. The man at the pool of Bethesda laid there 38 years. There's so many scriptures about the 38 years. So, <clears throat> a year ago last June, and usually for a long time, Keith and I, through the years, have got a word on June the 6th. So we watched it. So many things have happened in the heavens to declare this June the 6th. So a year ago last June the 6th, I believe the church got off the mountain and has been heading towards the Jordan for over a year now. And I'm probably the only one that's had a good time because the rest of you have been fighting for your lives. So if you've had a rough time the last year, i got good news for you. You've got another year to go. 
But if you've been having a tough time, it's because you and the devil are not going in the same direction. And whatever you do, don't stop going. Because you weren't created to fail. You were created to walk over it. I want to read a scripture that I believe is getting ready to happen next year. I believe that we are getting ready in Romans. Here, hold it for me. I like I like to say this. I believe we're getting ready for the girls to get circumcised. Along with the boys. <laughs> Romans 4.11 He received the mark of sick circumcision as a token or an evidence and seal of the righteousness which he had by faith. While he was still uncircumcised, faith, so that he was to be made the father of all who truly believe through, without circumcision, who thus have righteousness, right standing with God, imputed, imputed to them and credit to their account. I believe that the last time I was here, I was preaching on this cross, which is justice, which is morals, and righteousness, which is spirituality. Or relationship. Justice, the parallel of the cross. Spirituality, the perpendicular relationship with Papa. And then He imparts righteousness to you. Have you any idea what one righteous person can do? Jeremiah 5 1, he can, uh, the Lord says, I'll pardon the whole city for one righteous man's prayer. Uh, in Ezekiel, I think it's 21, he said, I'm looking for a righteous person to stand in the gap so I don't destroy the ground, the land. Uh, in Amos 7, 1, he's, uh, Amos, a righteous prophet, stood before him and said, he said, I'm going to just destroy the whole nation. And Amos said, oh, Lord, don't. I'm standing in the gap. Really, I like to praise it like this. Amos said, dear friend, don't. And the Lord said, hmm, it's good to have a friend like you, Amos. I relent. I think he's looking for friends today. That particular, the divine nature, you know what that really is? It means friend. John fifteen fifty. The Lord is looking for friends. The Holy Spirit is looking for friends. So they can do what? Change things. Amos changed judgments twice there in Amos 7. Moses changed judgment. These were God's friends. He's looking for those that'll be his friends. We're on the way uh, literally to the Jordan now. Crossing the Jordan is a spiritual river. You've already been saved in the milk of the word. And uh, uh, First Peter two two, especially in Amplified. Now get ready for the sincere, unadulterated milk of the Spirit. 
the milk of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit begins to tell you what to do, and that you can begin to do the creative stuff. When you agree with the Holy Spirit and you proclaim it, you bring it into being. And this is what He's really wanting the body to do is grow up. So I believe the first thing that will happen when you cross the Jordan and you're going to do it within this next year is Gilgal. That the Lord is going to begin to bring you to that place of circumcision where it's a seal of righteousness and that righteousness is power beyond imagination. So, several times in the past, on June the 6th, the heavens have declared awesome wonders like the Eye of God, uh, the Eagle's Nebulous, and all, all manner of things on June the 6th. Uh, the very first time that, that um, Bob called me up one day, this was, I believe, 1996, may have been 1995, but in that vicinity, 95 or 96, Bob called up and he said, I had a vision, and the Lord told me to watch June the 6th. And I said, well, what's going to happen? He said, I don't know. The Lord just said, watch it. So that was only a week or two away, and so we began to just watch and see what was taking place. And June the 6th came, and, and uh, we didn't, you know, there was no noticeable, monumental, <clears throat> earth-shaking event that we knew of, no great tragedy, no war broke out, no earthquake of any real substance anywhere. You know, nothing seemingly took place. And then that morning, as I, as I, when I got the newspaper, they showed the first public pictures of what they called the birthing of a star, which was the, what we now know as the Eagle Nebula. But the first public pictures of, of the image of a star being born was, was shown to the public, and I knew that was what the Lord was talking about because instantly He gave me a scripture, and I actually have an article that I've never published that I wrote back in those days, and it's called the morning stars. Where were you, Job, when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy? And that's not a rhetorical question. That's, he's literally asking a question. And something happened at, at that point. This, this birthing of a star is marking... You know, we've been talking about... Ricky talked about crossing the Jordan. Moses, my servant, is dead. What's going to be birthed with the Joshuas? What is the crossing over going to look like? And it is going to be the birthing of the sons of the kingdom. It is the Lord Jesus Himself. You know, I know all about the, the, the um, excesses that took place with the teachings on the sons of God. But, you know, by, the Bible clearly says it. But even if you don't go over into Romans chapter 8, what about Matthew 13 when the Lord Jesus Himself said, I'm planting into this earth sons of the kingdom at the end of the age. I'm going to harvest them. So there must be someone on the earth doing the same thing He did as a son of the kingdom when He returns. He's going to harvest them. It has to happen. And isn't it boggling our minds to think that we're living in the hour right now where we're about to see that happen? And the spirit of stupor is trying to keep the church from seeing that. Do you realize that? I know we're a remnant here, but you know, corporately speaking... On the, on the whole, the church is oblivious to that reality. One of the greatest revelations ever given in the history of man, certainly since the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, we're living to see it, and most of the Western church is completely oblivious. 
I believe one of, one of the things, you know, we've been sharing this breakthrough message. Randy has a part and Bob has a part and we have a part that we've been bringing. And I'm beginning to think, you know, that the, the picture is much bigger than we realize. You know, what Bob's talking about with the circumcision of the heart is to move us over into a place not where we do something, but where we become something. Amen. Wouldn't that be novel? To actually just become something and be content to become a son of the kingdom. You might say, well, that, what about us women? Being a son of the kingdom is not gender sensitive. Amen. A son of the kingdom is the Word of God becoming flesh and dwelling among us once again, doing the same works that He did. Yeah. And so we're moving into this arena where the sons of the kingdom are going to do the same works and the seven spirits of God are going to rest upon a body of people as they did upon the Son of God once before and it's going to change the entire complexion of the way we see church, the way we do church, the way we function in the anointing, the way we flow with the anointing and every aspect of what we do will be transformed and changed from it. This is an incredible season and and you know, um, the places that we're... Now this is not because anybody is living in elitism. It's simply a revelation, but there's always a forerunner. There's always a first fruit, right? There's always a first fruit who comes to harvest first. And you know, my thing is, I, I want to go in the first wave, don't you? I want, you know, I don't want to have to wait to let someone else test the waters to find out what it's going to be like. And you know, I want to go on in with the first batch, you know. <laughs> and, and I want to be a forerunner. Not because, you know, we, we just, because it's a revelation. We know it's coming. And I don't want the Lord to do something without me. Do you? Let's just be honest. I, Lord, I pray that all the time. Don't pass me by. You know, Abraham prayed that prayer. Lord God, if now I have found favor in your sight, do not pass thy servant by. That ought to be the prayer of every person in this room. Pleading with the Lord not to pass us by because of our stupidity and all the stupid things that we do. Here again, let's just be honest. And just ask the Lord, if there's anything, Lord, I've done that's, that's found favor in your sight, show me thy ways, that I may find more favor in thy sight. And then, Lord, I want to say, show me your glory. That's where we're headed. This is what this whole thing is about. Uh, the over 50s. Uh, numbers 14 and 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, has followed me fully. I will bring him into the land in which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. It's also Numbers 32.12. He's calling you to be different. He's calling you to a different spirit. He's calling you to the Holy Spirit. And these two men had a different spirit. For when the spies went into the promises of God, Tidham brought back negative reports like we can't do it. Two of them said, I can do it. I can do it. I've got a spirit within me and I believe God. And I can do it. Caleb said, I was 45 when you gave me the promises, God. I'm now 85, and I'm as strong as I was when you spoke this to me 40 years ago, and I want my land. You all have got promises awaiting you. And this is what crossing the Jordan is a spiritual river. It's a bridge to the promises of God. It's a bridge to the presence of God. 
You got anything else you want to add to that? One last thing that I would share on that, and um, you know, this is a sensitive subject, but pr- as part of the proof that we are at the Jordan, if you'll remember, the Bible says that that in the days of the harvest, the Jordan overflowed its banks all the days of the harvest. And the Jordan is a symbol of death. And we have seen unprecedented death, have we not? I I would suspect that most everyone in this room has been touched very directly by someone that has gone, hopefully gone home, or has died, you know, whether, and, and I mean in a direct way, and not just people that have gotten to an old age. It's been uncanny the amount of death that's taking place, but that's something that we're going to have to live with. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't believe in healing. That doesn't mean that we don't believe in in living the victorious life. We believe in all those things. But it's still a reality that we're living in a season of time where there has been unprecedented death. And to be honest, there's about to be a couple more very great men of God that are about to go home. And when they do, it's going to be a signpost that something stupendous is about to be released. Absolutely. And before we get away, one of the things I'd love to see us do is break the spirit of grief off of people because so many have experienced death, not only the death of people, but also the death of their visions, the death of ministries or, or various forms of death that have been just as real and just as impacting. But I feel like even at, at this, you know, the outset of tonight Amen. in this conference that we need to break that off because there's something of a spirit of death over Nashville. There is. I have felt it multiple times before, and it was it was paramount tonight. That doesn't mean, you know, well, you understand what I mean by that. That there's been the death of hope. There's been the death of expectations. The death of dreams. All these different things. And it, and it creates the spirit of grief in the same sense that if you had a loved one that went home or died. And, and we have to get past that and understand this mystery. Because the enemy would keep you so horizontally focused that you don't see vertically. And we have to see vertically to understand this mystery that the Lord allows these things only so He can return them back to us seven times greater than they were before. That is a principle of the kingdom that is going to be accessed in this hour. Boy, I understand that word. <laughs> Last year was a one hard do. But... I held to it last year because of one thing. I would have went home if I hadn't had a promise. I had a promise. My last brother died. My wife died since we've been here. But I had a promise. I already went to the Lord in death. I looked Him in the eyes. I'm not going to go home till I get my promise. And you're going to get your act together before I go home. I've got more faith in you than you got in yourself. I come back to see the beginning of one billion souls harvest. Not a million, a billion. A billion youth. These are old Rossi. I came back. I'm not going to stand before him and asked him why he didn't do it. Well, I think on my part, I have believed that. Now I'll get to the word he gave me for you. <laughs> Yesterday. I was aboard a ship. It was a beautiful luxury ship. 
And it was a beautiful ship of state. And I was on there with some really beautiful Christians. And we were having a pretty good time. But a lion got on board. Not this lion. Another lion. And he started eating people. He started eating people's lunches. And he got after me. So on ship you've got doors that are sort of where do you lock them. You can lock them to where you can't get out of them. So there was a room there that had two doors in it. I run into that room and he run in there. And then I run out of it and I close the door behind me and lock it and then I run around and close the other door. And, well, Ricky's already preached both of this. And I got to pray, and who was that lion? How am I going to ever get him off the ship? We aren't going to get him off the ship. That ship was a beautiful ship. That was a liberty ship. And that was a ship for the truth, run through the mazes of it. So I knew that that ship was our minds. We are spirit, soul, and body. And this was the soul. Who is the lion? Well, at lunch yesterday, we were sharing it, and the brother said, Bob, the lion is the lie that the Christians have bought. Have you any idea how many real anointed Christians buy alive? I'm in Ecclesiastes 10.1. Dead flies cause the ointment of the perfumer to putrefy, and sends forth a vile odor, so does a little folly, in whom it is valued for wisdom, outweighs wisdom and honor. That's what a lie is. Anointed people sometimes buy lies. And a lot of times they've come to me with these lies wanting me to cast the devil out of them. And I've looked into them and so help me I can't cast the soul out. Now, every time it's the devil I don't have any problem with that now. But where it's a lie, I have to have real special permission to help them. There was a beautiful Christian lady I knew once who was awesome in ministry. And she lost her mind. And I prayed for her and I spoke to her. And I broke the devil off of her because the devil was really tormenting her. And I told her, I'll pray for you again. I'm going to have to have a word of wisdom before I can help you. 
a word of knowledge on what to do. So a couple of weeks later, the Lord spoke to me and said, she got a fly in the ointment. And the fly was this. An evil spirit told her that she had disappointed me and I didn't love her anymore. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to ask her today if just her and I know this secret about her. So there was a secret. So I went to minister to her again and I said, I'm going to ask you a question. Is this what the Lord and you only know? He said, yes. He told me that. I've never told anybody. I said, if this is true, this other thing is true. The Lord said to tell you that He loves you, you bought a lie. You know, she was immediately set free. So, I'm going to read you some things and. First Peter 5. And these things in your mind, you're going to have to lock the door, both of them. Or I can't cast them out of you. Some of these are attitudes and lies you bought. Uh, really concerning yourself to where you have no liberty and no freedom. Therefore, humble yourself, demote, lower yourself to your own estimate under the mighty hand of God. Therefore, humble yourself, denote, lower yourself in your own estimate under the mighty hand of God, that in due time He may exalt you. To me, the greatest word I can describe humility is obedience to the written Word of God. And I don't mean not doing the negative, I mean being obedient to the positive. A lot of us, we get a vision of don't do's, but there's more you can do here than there's don't do's, and we should really uh, turn it loose in our minds of what is legal and what we can do. This is a law book, and this is a liberty book, and we should lock up the negative. For where does it say, I'll never love you, and I will forsake you? Well, that's what a lot of people are buying, that lie. And that's a roaring lion. Cast the whole of your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concern. Once and for all on Him, for He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. By the way, this is amplified. Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For the enemy of yours, the devil, roars like a lion, roars in furious hunger, seeking Anyone to seize upon and devour. This is a false line. And he's been devouring some of you. And it's time that you lock him up.
withstand him, be firm in faith against his own set, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same ideal suffering are appointing to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christ throughout the world. And if you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessings and favors to you, has called you to his own eternal glory in Jesus Christ, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be established and ground you, securely and strengthen and settle you. There's things in your mind that you've got to disagree with and lock them and never open the door. They're literally bloodline curses that you don't have to receive. Lock them things up. It may start stinking a little bit, still don't open the door. Keep that door closed and let the Spirit of Truth roam the maze of your mind. Where you totally have uh, that authority over your mind. You know, a, 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 a doctor scientist that I know told me about portals. If you've got a negative portal, which is counterclockwise, and you start agreeing with it, and quit speaking positive to it and start speaking against it, the Word of God, you know how long it'll take you to close it? 21 days. If you started watching your words against yourself for 21 days, you'd start breaking that portal in, and no matter how about bloodline curse or what it is. And what happens if you started clockwise? You may not have anything going for you. But if you start agreeing with the Word of God for 21 days and speaking it over yourself, I encourage you to go to the mirror and say, Jesus loves you first thing every morning. I'm loved by God. You really are. Within 21 days, you open the portal of relationship, of intimacy. And you begin to break off the insanity. For those that agree with the devil are going to end up in insanity. And those that grow, agree with God are going to go, uh, end up in the divine nature. A couple other things I want to share with you. While Bob is looking at this, if you'll connect what I was sharing with you with what he's sharing now, they're, they're related. <clears throat> we were talking about breaking off of you the spirit of grief and disappointment. This is the very thing he's talking about, the lies of the enemy that have kept us imprisoned. He's now laying the biblical foundation for us to break those off tonight. So just kind of stay focused in that realm because I believe there's going to be some freedom that's going to come in just a moment. Absolutely. I'm going to... Second uh, Corinthians three, uh, thirteen from down five. Now, do we act like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze upon the finishing 
of the vanishing splendor which he had upon it. When we start even observing our past anointings that we aren't in right now, because you may not, uh, if you're in the past anointing and you're still just there, you're not growing. In fact, their minds were grown hard and callous. They had become dull and had lost the power of understanding. The main thing that's getting ready to happen is understanding your calling. Understanding who you are. From this present day, from the Old Testament. Being read, the veil still lies on their hearts, not being lifted or revealed. That is, Christ is made void and done away with. I'm going to go down to 16 verse. But whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now, the, the Lord is the Spirit, and the Spirit of the Lord is where there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. Where the Holy Spirit is God in your life, and that's the only God down here, you're going to have the Spirit of truth and you're going to have a liberty and a freedom. Turning over to Second Corinthians 10 now. For though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carried off on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrowing and destruction of strongholds. If your life has had a stronghold in it, you can lock that thing up and let it Die. It may not die immediately, but you can starve it to death in your mind. And if you can come together and break the stronghold over your life. There's some things that has happened to me recently out on the road. It took me seven years to get over a, a resentment and a... a, a a bitterness of gall in me. You'll remember you was with me part of it. Seven years. Recently, Bonnie and I was in a city, and the Lord told me to break the root of bitterness and bitterness of gall off the people. And I thought, Lord, it took me seven years. Maybe there's one here that we can pray for. So I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to bring the word. There was only about a little better than 250 people stood up and come up in the line. I have learned that I've not got a right to have an opinion about what he says. If he says do it, do it. So we begin to lay our hands on people's spirit and pleasantly surprised, I saw the root of bitterness come out of people instantly. And we went down the line, and I watched the fruit of it later. It really came out. They were people loving one another, and they were uh, pastors and pastors' wives that was repenting for what they'd done to people. It was awesome. 
Well, I asked Rick Joyner, I wonder what happened. It took me seven years, Rick. He said, because you got it done. Any place that you get it done in you and you've got a scar, you can send other people free instantly. It took me seven years. It took them less than seven seconds for Bonnie and I to set them free. If you can overcome a stronghold, you try anything that touches this earth is your property. You got a jurisdiction according to Scripture over it. Don't attack the the second heaven. Leave that to the Lord. But down here, you can begin to pull down strongholds. And if you pull down the stronghold in your own life, then you can pull down the stronghold in other people's lives. And if you come together, you can really begin to do warfare on these strongholds. Inasmuch as we fruit arguments and theories and reasoning and ever proud and lofty thing that sets up itself against the true knowledge of God. And we are led ever thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. These negative thoughts about yourself. It's been chasing you and having you for lunch. Just run into the room. It'll follow you. Lock the door. Go around and lock it in. These things don't die in your mind instantly. But you can absolutely starve them out by not feeding them. They only go strong when you feed them. They come to, this lie comes to destroy the anointing in you. So a lot of you, I'm talking to anointed people, you know why it's not working anymore? Get the fly out. Get the lie out. Get the true line of Judah aboard ship. This ship was meant to be a luxury liner. The Holy Spirit meant for your life to be a luxury he meant it to be a, a good time. This invader has come to replace the real line of the tribe of Judah. When we quit agreeing with him and quit buying the lie and quit sleeping with it. And the one thing that this thing cannot stand is the spirit of truth. And why not bind the Spirit of truth on us instead of putting all those lies on us? Why not letting the Spirit of liberty and freedom reign over our lives? Because this ship is going to be the new leadership that He's going to bring forth. I believe we're right on the verge of a brand new leadership that's going to cross Jordan in a new and bring a new freedom and a new liberty and a new truth to the body of Christ. And the truth is that Jesus Christ is real and that He loves you. And this is yea and amen in here. And that you ought to let your yes be yes, Lord, and your no's be no devil. Which is James five. So make it clear. I'm locking you up in here. You're not going to torment me anymore. I'm not going to open those doors. I've got them bolted. I've got them locked. And you may start stinking a little bit. But that's all right because 
on down the road you'll just become skeleton and I still ain't going to open the door. To where you don't open the door the rest of your life. To where you can be that one with a new spirit, with a different spirit, with the Holy Spirit in your life dictating you and showing you the truth so you can set others free. So what I'm talking about is the mind. There are seven things in life that we are. We're spiritual, we're mental, and we're physical. We're spiritual, soul, and body. And that soul is where the problem's at. But if that soul, if the things get settled in that soul, it's settled every place forever. Because it'll be settled in the Spirit, it'll be settled in your flesh. So these are the three things that we are. There's four things that we do. We're financial, social, emotional, and sexual. If we submit all of these things to the Lord, you don't have to worry about this false line. Because he won't have any place in you. Resist the devil. These seven ways. And there's no avenue for him to attack. You can lock him up. It doesn't make any difference how what you come out of or where your mental is or anything else. Lock him up and you'll get healthy in spirit, in soul, and body. You'll get healthy financially, socially, emotionally, and sexually. The four things that we do. And a lot of the times the sexual realm is the one that gets hammered the most. But it's also the realm of reproduction. We need to submit all these things to God. That the enemy has no place in us. To where we have the spirit of truth flowing through us. And to where we can begin to agree with the written word of God. And do the things that we're called to do. Which you've already heard is, is greater than what Christ did. Yep. Yeah, would you do it? Yeah. I think we need to release that, right? <clears throat> um, you know, we're, we're going to pray, but I, I really am feeling this issue on grief and disappointment, and then we can move on into these other areas after that. But there's something that has been essential about doing this tonight to move into where we've got to go, right? Yeah, that's right. I think there's, you know, I have a sense of excitement about what's going to be coming both in the, in the way of revelation but also in the way of impartation. But it's like we have to pull down, uproot, and destroy before the Lord can plant and build, right? Right. And that's kind of what this is all about tonight. So this has been a key strategy. So what I'd like to do is just, you know... I'd like to pray and then have Bob pray over anyone that's struggling with the spirit of grief and extreme disappointment. And that would have to do with the grief of the loss of a loved one, grief over a loss financially, extreme financial loss, loss of a vision or loss of a dream. Because if we get free from that, that means the Lord, the, the Lord is going to impart a new and fresh vision and a new and fresh impartation for the future. So if you would, just stand to your feet. If that's something that you have been contending with, personally, wow, over half the people here. 
Now see, when we stood, when I stood up, when I, I felt the anointing, you should already be feeling, don't wait for me to pray, or don't wait yeah. for Bob to pray. Begin to get free right now. Yeah. There is an authority. This has been, we didn't get together and decide what we were going to talk. I didn't know he was going to share this whole thing. That's the first I've heard about the lion and the lion being boxed up, but it was set up just perfectly if you were able to follow what the Lord was doing. And I know, I know that I know, the Lord is wanting to set you free tonight. And there is something that if you get free tonight, it's going to release something over the region that has inhibited this region from stepping into the purpose. The, the spirit of death has been prevalent yeah. over this area. And I don't just mean natural, although I do believe, I don't know for a certainty, but I, I'm sure that we're picking up on something that has been taking place in the natural, yeah. but it's the death of vision. A death of purpose that the Lord is going to now rejuvenate and give life to. So if you, want, if you desire to be free, just right now, be free. Lord Jesus, I ask that You come by Your Spirit and overshadow everyone that is standing. Lord, I'm asking that You release the Spirit of liberty and the Spirit of jubilee right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that everyone that is standing would be free right now from the spirit of grief from the spirit of disappointment, from discouragement and hopelessness that has stifled us like a cancer, like a prison cell. Lord, yes. I'm asking that You set them free now. Yes. And I break it over this region right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be free. Be free. Be free. Freedom from the loss of loved ones. If that's you, raise your hands in a, in a certain way so we you can see right now. You ought to feel right the wind now. blowing over you. It's, it's here to blow it away. Blow the cloud. The dew, Don't let another the day go. out away. Right. Good. Not another day. Yes. Not another day spent in sorrow. Why? Because if the enemy of this world had understood the mystery of God, he would not have touched your loved one. Right. You have to understand the economy of heaven. If one measure is taken, the Lord says, I'll restore seven more. Randy, would you pray for the sister? Seven more. Seven more being restored right now in the name of the Lord. It's a very pertinent word right now. She was just confirmed. So be free. Everyone knows what it feels like to feel grief. But there's a revelation. The revelatory realm releases something. When you see that revelation, one of the most important things that people have to understand that are spirits in grief, the one truth that liberates so many people is they didn't die without a cause. They want to know that something good can come from it. And I'm telling you that seed has been sown. And the Lord is going to begin to reap a harvest. If one seed goes in, multiplied thousands come up from it. We just have to water it with our belief. We have to water that seed with the revelation of our heart. We have to release it into the hands of the Lord. We have to trust that somehow His wisdom is so much greater than ours that we release it to Him and say, Lord, Your ways are greater than mine. I give You my thoughts so that I can have Your thoughts. That's what He's wanting to do right now. He's wanting to substitute yes. the thoughts of heaven for your thoughts. If you'll give Him your thoughts, He'll give you His. Yes. Be free. Also from rejection, self-rejection, defeat, 
disappointment, disillusion, confusion. It's a liberty here for the mind tonight. For you to lock up your enemy and bit and begin to agree with your friend. For the word has come over and over. The divine nature is a friend. Your enemy's been keeping you from being friends with him. So let the wind sweep over you tonight and get rid of this rejection, this self-rejection. For when you do that, you see, you're criticizing his workmanship, even in you. So let him continue the workmanship that he's beginning you. Finish it and finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. So let your self-rejection go. Let your self-criticism go. And you begin to realize that you're one of a kind. You were created by God to represent him in this time. For maybe you're the one of a kind that can touch others where nobody else can. So the wind is sweeping over you today and these things that have kept you bound. Now let them set you free. One thing I'm feeling is a lot of you have had heartaches and it's been affecting you physically. But as Keith was praying, it's like it was lifting off of you to where your heart will start working properly. But what we're talking about is when the soul begins to line up with the Word of God, you get spiritually and physically healthy in Christ. Another thing I feel is the enemy has been after your vision. So he's been really putting scales on your eyes. And it's like you've done things in the past, but now you've got those scales over your eyes. And the Lord is saying today, let the scales come off, but it won't be like it was in the past. It'll be a new thing. And a new thing I've been preparing in you for the future. So let the scales come off. And let the Holy Spirit have a liberty to, to prowl the maze of the mind here. And begin to reveal the new purpose and plan that He has for you. Lord. No man really has known yet what he's going to do because he hadn't revealed it yet. But he's saying, get ready. Where's the thing that you know not of? But the thing that shall shortly be. Good. Just let the wind come by and sweep away every lie. For the lion, the false one has no, no authority over your life. But that you come to a new freedom a new liberty in Christ where you can accomplish the things that He's called you to do. Good. Good. Just lock the door on anything that has been tormenting you where you have the ability to do it and release the Word of God to reign over your soul and to bring a reign upon your brain of liberty and freedom. For this is a reign that will make you produce fruit and the harvest that is before you.
anointing is flowing very freely. I want you to put your hand on your spirit right here. I'm telling you, the, the few people I prayed for, I could see the light going into them, birthing something fresh, something new. That's your spirit right here. This is where you carry, you become pregnant with the revelation of God. I'm telling you, what He has tried to steal from you is your vision. He has tried to steal the revelatory realm. When a people have no vision, they lose their hope. When you move into hopelessness, you cannot even see your own destiny. You cannot see the purpose for which you have been born. But I'm telling you right now, vision is being birthed. Purpose is being released. Destiny is going to be revealed. I release over these people right now dreams and visions and revelations of God to carry them into the destiny of heaven. Let them begin to see, Lord, the books of heaven, the books of resumes. Let them see their own destiny. David said, before he was ever fashioned in his mother's womb, all of his days were recorded in heaven. Everything he would ever do for the kingdom of heaven was released in him. And I release that revelation right now. See that light front of the area right here. Fresh revelation. Fill them up. Fill everyone up. Fill them up with the revelation of heaven. With the destiny and the purpose of God. I'm telling you, one revelation from heaven and you'll never be the same. This generation of people is just one revelation away from our destiny. One revelation is all it is. All it took was one revelation and Gideon went from being the weakest to the greatest. From a weakling to a warrior with one revelation, and that's where you are right now. There's something about this whole principle over the Nashville region. There's a revelatory anointing that's going to move the church into her destiny, into the purpose for which she was created. This brother in the orange, right here, the lights around him. I've seen you at other meetings before, I want you as well. The same lights around you, follow me. Let it come, Lord. Let it come. Let the anointing come. Come, Holy Spirit. There it is right over the middle. It's like a wave of anointing. Lord, anoint their eyes with eye salve to begin to see with revelation. To begin to see. The Lord has called us in this generation to, to be a seer. Then He'll say to you, come up here and I'll show you what we're going to do. Come up here into the heavenly realm, the kingdom realm.